This is a Broad Pods production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Broad Radio Coast Trek Collection. Keeping you company while you train. Hi there, Coast Trekkers. It's Joe Stanley here, Coast Trek Ambassador and founder of Broad Radio, radio for women by women. As you pound the pavement or the grass or the sand, wherever you're training right now, we've got some great chats with amazing women to help pass the time and maybe put a spring in your step as well. Here's one of Australia's most powerful coaches and authors, Kemi Nekvapil, giving us the pep talk we all need as she empowers us to live without apologies and to step into our power. My co-host in this interview is Serpil Chanelmus and we were lucky enough to speak with Kemi on International Women's Day. Serpil, if International Women's Day was a day like Christmas where we gave presents, actually I think we should. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be lovely. (laughs) Celebration of women and how far we've come and all of that sort of thing. But if it was a day in which we gave presents, I would suggest this book is the best present to give someone that you love in your life to celebrate International Women's Day. It's by Kemi Nekvapil, who is truly an inspirational coach and uh, leader, I'm going to say. But this book, Power, actually, uh, I found it inspiring and challenging, one of the best books I've read recently. Absolutely loved it. I smashed through 110 pages in one day and I don't generally do that. I generally put a book down and then come back to it. But I just was like, I need to stay up to read more. It it really resonated with me. Yeah, it's challenging and inspiring in all the good ways. And um, I'm very thrilled that Kemi herself joins us now. Hi there, Kemi. Hi, pleased to be with you both. Hi, Joe. Hi, Seppel. Kemi, you are such an accomplished coach. You have trained with Dr. Brené Brown. You studied yoga in India. Your experience is extraordinary, and you you work with very accomplished women. But I get the sense that you meet women who struggle every day with a sense of self and with lack of confidence, despite how accomplished they are. So my question is, is this just inherent to being female? Oh, a big question. Um, There are definitely aspects of being female that are woven through each of us, regardless of our external accolades or, you know, society's accomplishments and the things that kind of we can tick the box or society ticks the box for us. I'm very blessed to work with incredibly successful women in many areas. And when I say success, I don't just mean within their work. I mean, you know, they have families that are working or their sense of self. But within that, As women, we have to operate within a system every single day that in some ways tells us that we are not small enough, that we are too loud, that we are too aggressive. And then add to that as well the intersectionality of colour for me or for women that have disabilities or people that are neurodivergent. 
we constantly hear the message that we're not quite good enough yet. And I think, yes, it doesn't matter where we are um, on the spectrum. It affects us every day. Kimmy, you mentioned the, the system. And in, in the book, you make a point that the we often lament that the system is broken. But you say that the system actually was never broken. The system was never right in the first instance and that we need to rebuild the system. Yeah. But when you have people sitting in traditional power positions who don't want to let go, who who how do you get buy in from them? What's your experience been with that? It's um it's an interesting thing actually because sometimes I think we focus too much on the people that have traditional power and we forget this form of internal power that we have as individuals. But then also, as we see so often now, when women come together as a united force, we can demolish systems and structures that no longer serve us. And if we can't demolish them, we suddenly start to just slowly, slowly, you know, just tap away until those systems have to take a good look at themselves. So your book, Power, is all about us finding, exploring, understanding, owning, stepping into our power, regardless mm. of whatever systems we may be working and living within. Mm. Um, and I know this is a massive question because there's an entire book that I can tell you spent a very long time working on lovingly <laughs> to tell us how, but is it possible for you, for you very briefly to tell us if we want to step into our power, what are some of the processes we can go through? Well, the actual word power itself in the book, I've broken it down into five power principles. So P is for presence, O is for ownership, W is for wisdom, E is for equality, and R is for responsibility. I think that as women, when we tap into any one of those principles, if we can be responsible for our lives and how we feel and the boundaries that we put in place, if we can honour our equality around other people, regardless of who those other people are, if we can be present to our circumstances, what's working, what's not working, even when we fall out of our power, and I talk about that all the way through the book, this isn't about you will find your power one day and you will have power forever. That is not realistic, and I think it sets women up or for us to feel that one day we will feel all-powerful. The idea is that we will find ourselves in our situation where we feel powerless, and here are some tools where we can step into and rebuild our power each time. You just mentioned intersectionality just then, and I want to touch on something because we, we don't all start from the, the same baseline. So, we, you know, our race, our ethnicity, our religion, our ability, our gender identity, our class, these all make a difference in how powerful or powerless we've, we've felt at certain times. And in, in the context of the pandemic, something was thrown up um, that we often ignore in this country. We don't talk a lot about class in this country. We, we pretend that it doesn't exist. And in the context of uh, essential workers, that was thrust in our face. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess the question I want to ask is, if we're not all starting from the same baseline, how do we ensure that women are seen, heard and recognised with all of our differences? Mm, that's where a, a community of women, you know, the reality is, is that some of us don't start from the same position. And so for those of us that have a level of privilege, whatever that is, I know that I have a lot of privilege and yet I navigate the world as a black woman. So I don't have race privilege and I don't have gender privilege, but there are other privileges that I have. And with those privileges, I create spaces for and support women that don't have the privileges that I have. And I think that's what we can do. And I think that's the joy of, you know, International Women's Day 
is that we come together to support each other regardless of where we're starting or maybe because of where we're starting because it is what you know we're not a uniform all women are women we are very different we have different experiences we have different desires but i think ultimately we want to be able to stand within ourselves and to be able to connect with each other in an authentic way that in itself is powerful and kemi i think one of the other things that the pandemic really shone a light on was the burden on women the mental burden the mental load the mm. workload both within and outside of the home mm. and i so i sort of think okay yes we can step into our power and you talk about power of agency but if you can't walk away from your life or if you can't actually set a boundary that day how mm. are women to respond when you feel like actually i'm drowning how can i feel any sense of power in this state right now Personally, I think there's a power in owning I am drowning. And actually what a lot of women do is that we fall into this idea that we have to be good, that we have to look as if we have it together all the time, that we're the good wife, the good daughter, the good sister, the good friend, the good everything. So it's powerful to even say, I am drowning. And I would say the next power move is then to share that with someone. And then the next is to ask for the support that you need. That is power. I love the idea of it. <laughs> and I love the idea of the permission to say, I'm drowning. I don't think we do that for each other or for ourselves ever. No, and it's interesting because it comes back to this idea of community. And I talk in the book about this, that we have to be really mindful about the people that we have around us. I know in my earlier days, I would very much you know, have this kind of veneer of being very strong and I was kind of invulnerable and, you know, you know, just kind of like, I can do it all. And, you know, if you want a job done properly, do it yourself because I was kind of raised that way. And then I realized over time that actually it made me feel incredibly isolated and incredibly lonely. And when I started to practice saying to people, I'm not going well, like I'm struggling, I need help, that that actually created deeper and more powerful connections with the women that I surrounded myself with. And I can honestly say that now within my friendship groups and even as a female entrepreneur with other female entrepreneurs, that we can call each other in tears saying, mm. I cannot believe this happened. But we can also call each other with great success and celebration about something that has worked within our life or within our work. So I think even in some ways we're breaking the status quo as women to say, I don't have it all together all the time. I need help and I need support. You know, and I do want to add to that, Joe, just sorry, what you said around within the home, that can be really hard and it's true because one thing I also know is that sometimes as women, we will request you know, support, we will request help and it doesn't come. And then we, we can then withdraw inwards and go, oh, well, that's it. And our resentment builds up and our anger. But sometimes the answer we've got, the power move is actually doing something about the answer that we keep getting. And, and women often give they they they're not takers so it's really we, we're conditioned to to you know you mentioned this in your book Kimmy we're conditioned mm. to serve others yes. so that that idea of asking for help it doesn't come naturally but helping comes naturally yeah and interestingly yes. I learned a few years ago I had to reach out to my network with continual requests for childcare and mm. I hated it right it was really mm. hard for me to do that but I realized I wanted to be that for my friends and they weren't asking me and I wasn't asking yeah. them and yeah. by just yeah. simply making myself vulnerable that opened yeah. the door for them to do that to me and I was like oh of course we have to model it in each other 100% we can't we we really struggle 
to accept the help, but we all want to give the help. And then mm. what we create actually is mismatched relationships. You've got one person that feels indebted and burdened and one person that's not receiving anything. So over time, those relationships aren't necessarily sustainable and can't be powerful because of the structure in which they're set up. But it is, you know, it is a practice. Women standing in our power is a practice. Asking for help and support is powerful and it's a practice. 
raised by white families. So the first kind of my first kind of parental attachment was to my white mother. And, you know, I have been loved so much by white people. So in some ways, because of my upbringing, I can stand in both sides. I can kind of have the sort of black experience, well, you know, my personal experience, and, and sort of step a little bit into some of the white experience. And I hope that in the book, because of that, I'm able to communicate to both sides. And I also share, you know, in the book, the power of identity and where that can get really confused and muddled as well along the way. So we do have different identities. We do have different lived experiences. And when women can acknowledge that in each other, that in itself is another form of power. Kimmy, I love how throughout the book you're, you're peppering all of your personal experiences and there was this mo one moment where I felt like you took me back to my own childhood. It was the playground where we meet oh. your bully, Darren Page, and his racist insults. Mm. But your yeah. experience went further than mine because it was a pivotal moment for you. It was a moment where you discovered... Um, your first lesson in power. It was mm. a lesson in control and command. Can you perhaps share that in a nutshell for us? Yeah, I'll try and share it without spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was one of those moments for me when I realised I want this. It wasn't that I wanted to make someone feel the way that he made me feel, but I wanted to feel a little less powerless for once. And so someone moves into the area where I live and basically, you know, I just decided, right, you know, I'm going to make you feel, or maybe not so much, actually, I wasn't focused on what I would make her feel, I was focusing on what it made me feel. So then I took an action that, you know, is not great. I wish that if I knew her, met her, I would, you know, definitely ask for forgiveness and apologies and all those things. But what I did learn was that the form of dominating and control and shaming that form of power was not the form of power that I wanted. I'd had it done to me, I had now experimented with it, and I just knew there's gotta be another, there's gotta be another way to feel less powerless. It's so interesting when you actually start recalling your youth and those pivotal moments that have shaped mm. you. And mm. I was so, for me, the most transformative part of the book was really addressing the internalized patriarchy that I carry with mm. me, which mm. a lot of it is around body image and how I see myself physically. And that's related to my food habits and how I exercise and all of that. So that's one side, but also mm. understanding too, that I was raised by a single mum who basically taught us if there was a man in our world, everything would be better. And so I feel like I've spent a lot of time waiting for the right person to come along and rescue me. And, you know, even now in building broad radio, I'm like, where's the hero that will invest in broad radio? And like, it's all of that. That is such a part mm -hmm. of my makeup. How can we, how can we shed that from us? Oh, I think one way is to laugh about it. You know, as I share <laughs> in the book, I just sent out I just sent out a very quick text messages to friends and colleagues and just said, What does your internalized patriarchy say? And I'd literally just press send and the list came in and it was very moving and it just made me realize my goodness as women there is so much we have to navigate through sometimes to even just get out of bed in the morning but then when i called a couple of those people you know there were a few tears and anger of like i cannot believe i believe this like my value is dictated by a man um if i speak it must be to make sure that his opinion is higher than mine um i must be thin um, a man must choose me. Uh, men will get promoted because I'm too emotional. But then when you, so you, you can see, and there's the emotion in that, but also I remember talking with one friend and we actually were then crying from tears of like, this is ridiculous, you know? 
It is ridiculous. I think one way, again, is for we as women is that we share it. This is what it looks like. This is my internalized patriarchy. And we do it to each other. That's the thing. When women look at other women's bodies and say it should or shouldn't be like that, that's a form of internalized patriarchy. Her body's got nothing to do with me. Um, I should just be focusing on my body. Is it healthy? Am I nourishing it in the way that works best for me? But even this conversation where women are commenting on other women's bodies, I believe is a form of patriarchy. But then if you talk to men, they're just like, we're just happy if you're happy to be with us. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't really I, care about your body. So, I, and, it is, and for me too, I look at my husband and he just doesn't have that voice. Yeah. He just does not give yeah. a shit about the way yeah. he looks. Yeah. God bless him. And the, the yeah. freedom that he has in his physicality, yes. I just yeah. go, wow, that's yeah. refreshing to witness. And yeah. I'm going to try yeah. and get me some of that. Um, yeah, we, absolutely. We are honouring International Women's Day today and uh, the hashtag this year is Break the Bias. What does that mean to you, Kemi? There's a few things. I think there's the obvious, which is, you know, break the bias around gender equality and just, you know, biased practices and systems that have that occur. But I also think what we've just spoken to as well in, in terms of this internalised patriarchy, it's kind of break our internal bias. We all have biases. You know, I don't trust someone that says to me, I don't have any biases. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, you do. You just haven't been willing to confront them or go deep enough. We have all picked up biases along the way. So for me, break the bias is not just the external biases. It's also the internal biases. Because once we can acknowledge them and admit them, that's the place where we start from to then shift to something else. Oh, I love it. Um, I'm going to finish with a quote from your book, Kemi. I'm always hesitant to quote themselves back to people because um, I've learned over the years sometimes when you read something in the press they didn't say it but this is from your book so yes. I'll yes. read it and I because I love it there is nothing living that will survive if it is not being fed this includes you and the things that are important to you so beautiful it's lovely oh I love it Kemi thank you so much thanks for your work and for your books because you've got others I know um, but head out today and get power and give it to someone in honor of International Women's Day I think this is my new practice to give a gift on International Women's Day in the way you would for Christmas Kemi perfect I'm gonna go I'm gonna do that too Joe that's you and I yeah. so Phil are you up for that we're gonna give a gift totally yeah. up for it yeah yeah like a Kris Kringle <laughs> but for International <laughs> Women's Day <laughs> thanks Kemi you take care Thank you. Lovely to speak with you both. Take care. Happy International Women's Day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.